give honor to a great Lord and great Savior. You, you, you can't, if you listen to me long enough, all I try to talk about is Jesus. Because I know who it was that snatched me, and I mean snatched me, out of hell with smoke still in my garments. That means I ain't been saved all my life. Can I get a witness? I did my Johnny Walker red, Johnny Walker black, old granddad. I did all my stuff, ran the streets, partied, fornicated, and all that. I know some of y'all too cute to say it, but I did it. And you know what? Now that I'm saved, I can look back and praise his name. Can I get a witness? Now that I'm blood washed and blood bought and born again. The Lord changed my darkened heart. Praise his holy name. Amen. You know, I used to walk in darkness. So did you. Some of y'all look familiar. I walk in darkness. But God saves from the guttermost to the uttermost. Amen. A young man approached his father one day and said, Dad, when are you going to let me drive that beautiful car of yours? His dad looked at him and said, when you get a haircut, when you take those earrings out of your ear, when you get a job, and when you turn your life around, do what's right. So um, sometime later, the dad came to the boy and said, i got to give you credit. You are really doing a great, great job. And as your dad, I want you to know I appreciate it. I see the change. And the young man said, well, Dad, I got stuck on one point. So the father said, well, what's that? He said, well, when I looked in the Bible, Noah had long hair. And Elijah had long hair. And Peter had long hair. And even Jesus had long hair. So the father looked back at him and said, you know all of them walked? <laughs> You'll get that on the way home. <laughs> In other words, you ain't getting my car. Praise the Lord. 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 Lord, have mercy. Amen. Every Sunday, we have been challenging you with an alliteration of C's. First C was connection. John 15, we are connected to the vine. Jesus said, I am the true vine, you are the branches. Amen. If you abide in me, you'll bear fruit. We move from connection to continuance that we ought to, no matter what we're going through, continue to believe God. You got to be like that, uh, hey, that Timex watch commercial. Take a look and keep on taking. Can I get a witness? And we move from connection to continuance, and then we moved amen, into uh, our uh, camouflaging of our internal conflict that we hide like Adam and Eve did when, when we feel guilty, when we messed up. We got some historical issues. And uh, last week we dealt with commitment, commitment to the faith, commitment to your family, and commitment, amen, to the fellowship of believers. This Sunday, with the help of the Holy Spirit, our C is counsel. Godly counsel. 
I can't think of a more apropos title than the Council of Christ. I want to thank the Lord for our uh, organization, our link organization. Thank God that you're here from South Jersey. Uh, thank God for the presentation. Thank God for Lorna Darby for her great work of uh, securing and helping to support my efforts. And thank God for our great choir and, and Kent. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Praise God. Amen. Thank God for all of you. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. Amen. And um, the book of Proverbs is a book written by Solomon uh, on wisdom, knowledge, understanding. And uh, Solomon was a very, very wise man. In Proverbs chapter 11, look at verse 14. When you get it, say amen. Look what it says. Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, amen, there is safety. One of the greatest safety mechanisms, security blanket solution finders for the saints of God is the competent, corrective, God-ordained counsel that God affords to his people. God's counsel is righteous. It's reliable, it's responsible, and it's relative to one's immediate situation. All of us must continue to ask ourselves, whom are we listening to? And where is our counsel coming from? That society, according to the Bible, is sick. This culture has damaged, amen, the whole infrastructure of our being. And from Monday to Saturday, we are being programmed with post-Christian era by a culture that will not and does not receive Christ. The problem is, if the culture stayed outside of these walls, we would somehow be somewhat protected. But the culture of the world is now in the church. And the church is now in the world. Can I get a witness? So what the culture thinks, amen, come on now, is a microcosm of what church folk think. What God calls an abomination, you want to you wanna call it something else. And see, sin, by definition, sin is calling right wrong and wrong right. Do I have a witness? Y'all ain't got to say, man, I look at the clock and preach. That, that is 
amen, that you better find out what God's got to say about situations. Can I get a witness? Not, not, not what comes on the news, not uh, what some group has to say, but come on now. But you better find out what God's got to say about uh, situations that society wants us to embrace and part of fighting for the faith, part of us fighting for the faith is to stand. And having done all, stand. Can I get a witness? Amen. You got to stand. You just, you know, you got to put your mouth where you, come on now. You got to put your, come on now. You got to put your energy where your mouth is. You can't, you can't come up in here with all kind of gyrations of praise and running up and down the aisle and doing gymnastics. And then you got a secret area of your life. I'm preaching up in this place. That, 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 that is against the character and integrity of God. Do I have a witness? Yeah, and, 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 so, and so when we begin to look at this matter of amen, counsel, counsel, where is the counsel coming from? Is it a wisdom that I'm getting? Is it a, is it a warfare? Is it somebody's wounds? What, 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 where is this counsel coming from? Is it a poisonous pass? Is it a, is it a prejudice? Is it a pride? Christian counselors are given by God to the body of Christ, and, and, the, and, and, they, and he gives them, listen, he gives them the gift of wisdom. And that word wisdom, amen, uh, is made up of two Greek words, Sophia, which, which deals with a theoretical insight, amen. It deals with uh, the application, amen, to adjust something. And then the other Greek word is phronesis, and that deals with, and this is interesting, that is practical, and it deals with bringing help to prevent defeat. And, 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 and so when we begin to look at this matter of uh, wisdom, 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 in our text, I want you to notice, hanging there with me now, that by definition, in verse 14, where no counsel is, that, that is, you and I are living and making decisions, amen, without counsel, without counsel, without counsel. And, and, and uh, typically, we, we're, we're, we're in this world, me, myself, and I, I want to make my own decisions, da-da-da-da-da-da, but when you begin to look at this matter of where there, where no counsel is, the people can only go in one direction. They fall. They need, they need righteous, reliable counsel. And look what it says. But in the multitude, in the multiplicity, in the, mul the word multitude means I've got many eyes. Enlightenment looking at this situation. I've got many eyes. You go to get married, you better have many eyes. And not just depending on your eyes. Well, she looks pretty to me. There ain't enough eyes. You, you need more eyes than that. Can I get a witness? Because, and, and see what counseling does, somebody that gives you counsel it, who is righteous is going to be very objective. They, they, they're not going to give you counsel based on your feelings or, or based on what you want to hear. Come on now, y'all can talk back to me. They're, they're going to give you counsel on what God reveals to them. Do I have a witness? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and you, it says you need eyes. You need, you need a lot of eyes looking at this stuff. And, and the multitude of counsel, there's, 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 there's uh, 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 amen, there's, there's wisdom, but also there's safety. That we don't risk defeat. If I start getting a lot of people who are godly, and I'm going to underscore that, because some of these counselors, they don't know what they're talking about, are godly, it, it will make my situation safe. And, and so one, one of the things that we, we need to see is that um, I know militarily, and I was in the military seven years, before they launch a plan of attack, before they move in on the enemy, they get intel. Amen. It's called intelligence. They get intelligence. They, they have special people who go out and get intel. When they bring the intel back, based on that intel, they know how to approach that enemy. They know uh, how to hit that enemy. They know, and, and, and listen, let me tell you something militarily. No military strategist ever comes up with a plan until they have an exit plan. Oh, I'm preaching down there. You got to have an exit plan. You can't just run up talking about we going in Vietnam. You ain't got no way to get out. Can I get a witness? You got to have an exit plan. And, 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 and the exit plan helps you to, come on now, formulate the inner plan, the entrance plan. Can I get a witness that, 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 that when you look at this stuff, um, you need a plan. If you fail to plan, plan to fail. And, and, and I, I was saying this morning, our parents and grandparents, they had preventive maintenance. They had counsel for preventive maintenance. They didn't wait till you got sick. They put that spoon of cod liver oil in your mouth. Lord have mercy. They put that spoon of 666 Father John in your mouth. And here, here, you know, this was our reaction. It's nasty. Shut up in the You better not spit that out. It was preventive. You, listen, guess what? You weren't going to get a cold as long as you're getting doses of that stuff. So when I got married and I had my kids 28 years ago, I said, all right, y'all going to Eat, y'all can drink this cod liver oil. They said, oh, daddy. And so my lovely wife said, don't make them drink that. I had to drink that. I said, I said, oh, the family going to hell now. Here we go. Here we go. I only tried to duplicate what my parents did. Y'all praying with me? And then that blue Vaseline, they rub it on your chest. And my mother made us swallow it. And doctors a day will tell you, you shouldn't swallow that. Well, we swallow it. <laughs> How many of y'all swallowed the blue Vaseline? Swallow that stuff down. Knock, knock, knock the sickness out. So either our parents didn't know what they were doing, or these doctors don't know what they were doing. I'm sticking with the parents. Don't worry, I ain't going to the enemas and all that stuff, but... Those were the days, my friend, we thought they never end. 
but they had preventive maintenance. And they, they listen, listen, they had precautionary counsel. You bet not. <laughs> Can I get a witness? <laughs> then they had preparational counsel. Praise Jesus. By the time I left home at 17 to go in the military, during the Vietnam War, I, I knew how to cook. I knew how to wash dishes. I knew how to iron. I knew how to sew. Y'all ain't praying with me. I ain't need no wife for all that. I knew how to do all that. I was raised to do that. I can cook greens, turkey, chicken, pork chops. I cook it all. You cook it, I cook it. It's good. Do I have a witness? Why? Because, see, we had parents. I'm preaching to somebody up in here who made sure we got the necessities of life. Can I get a witness? This guy came to me about 10 years ago. I, I wanted to hit him. He told me, Pastor, he was crying. I said, what's wrong with you? My wife, my wife is angry with me. She won't cook, and I'm hungry. I said, you know what? <laughs> you ought to be shot. Are you kidding me? My God. How many of you men know how to cook? Raise your hand. Well, that's good. That's good. Some men ain't raised their hand. They just squeeze their wife hand harder. <laughs> oh, Lord. Leave that one alone. Now, here at St. Matthew's, and I won't mention them by name because they, they, may, they might be wanted by the law, but this morning I mentioned I got seven elders around me, and the word elder denotes experience, age, and most of the time, it denotes preacher. And we got preachers and deacons that I have around me that uh, I have seven who give me counsel. And whenever they don't want to court, I don't go against their counsel. They are safety. Any man left to himself is dangerous. If Adolf Hitler had listened to his generals, they would have conquered the world. He wouldn't listen to them. He started too many fights on too many fronts. Can I get a witness? Here's what you need to understand. I got, I, I got advisors. I got people in the financial world. I got people that have been uh, in the FBI world. I got people that have been, amen, in, 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 in all these other uh, corporate level uh, entities. And they give counsel. And we have a great, great accountability here. And then I got three powerful chiefs. Start with my lovely wife who's a systems analyst, and Lorna Darby, who's, amen, a CPA, CFO, and, and then uh, I got an operations chief with a master's degree. They're sharp. They are sharp. And I, l listen, the intel comes in. The intel comes in. And, and, and the fact of the matter is, is that God blesses us because I don't have a need to be right all the time. Uh, that's the first thing. I don't have a need Listen, I don't have a need to say I did it all by myself. I don't have that need. Can I get a witness? I just want the church to flourish. Are y'all praying with me? And then there are others, and I was identifying this morning, Poole, Greg, who in corporate America, and uh, uh, Larry Parrish, who's a lawyer for that. You know, just, just people that I go to and try to get some insights on things and, and, and whatnot. But in the multitude of counsel. 
your safety. We stay safe. Because, listen to this, I hear everybody, but I don't listen to everybody. Because the first one I'm looking to hear from is Jesus. Do I have a witness? Before anybody else speak, I got to hear what Jesus is saying. And his voice is sincerely clear when we are walking in fellowship and trusting him by faith. He is clear. He's unequivocally, he's crystal clear. And I had people come in uh, over the years. I don't counsel anymore, really, but, uh, you know, April will be 29 years for me. I, I, I've had people come and, and, and uh, with their prospective mates and say, Pastor, can you counsel us? And I, I do premarital counseling, I would just say. And I'm always sitting there looking everybody in the eye because the light of the body is the eye. You know, you know, you can't lie, even, even if you're a good liar. Some, some of y'all good liars. Yeah, good liars. If you keep looking at people in the eye, they just can't stay. It's like. <sighs> so when you're sitting in my study and you're sitting there and I'm looking you in the eye and, and about after two minutes, you, you start. I say, they lying. <laughs> Let's move on. Move on. Um. Pastor, here's the man I love. I want to marry him. I want to hear what you have to say. And I look at him. And I just take what you say for granted. We try to work through. And I'm looking for identifying the problem or the potential situation, then the process, and then the product, the outcome. I want to, I want to sit there and look. I want to ask some questions. Because first of all, I was a dog in the streets of South Philly. So I got dog in me. Oh! And a dog, no a dog. Are y'all praying with me? Oh, this one's tight. So I'm I'm always giving people the you know the opportunity to okay let's 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 talk to and this one young lady and and Dr. Bruce Bettner is our one of our chief counselors. Raise your hand. Great great man of God. Thank God for him and all his accomplishments. Is is Leroy? He was here this morning. Leroy still here? No. Praise God. But uh, we, got, we have some very competent counselors. But you need to understand something that um, a counsel first has to be righteous. Righteous. It's got to agree with God. And, um, and, and, so, and so whereas you're in love and you're sitting up there bubbling with smiles of how fine the guy is, how fine she is, I'm sitting there trying to look through him. What is it that they may be hiding? What is the history of this person? I don't have no stake in it. Do you, you, you understand? I'm not marrying them. I don't have no stake in it. You understand? I'm just trying to read something that perhaps you are too infatuated to read. Can I get a witness? Oh, I'm going to preach, baby. I'm trying to read because marriage is work. Isn't it work, Sister Gordon? It's work. It's work. You're going to work. You're going to work. You're not going to agree on everything. You got to respect each other. It's give and take. It's ups and downs. It's in and out. You learn how to love. You don't fall in love. You learn how to love. Oh, oh, and you, the first thing you're going to learn is 
boy, this person got some deep issues. God, why did you let me marry them? Too late. Praise the name of Jesus. Good stuff. I'm going to look at four facets. Four facets. And I want you first to turn to Acts chapter 15. Acts 15, that's to your right in the New Testament. Come on, I don't have no pages. Come on now. Praise the Lord. Acts 15. I'm going to give you some good counsel. First, I want to look at the voice of a triumphant counsel. And here we have the multitude of counsel. The context here in Acts 15, I'm going to do this quickly, an early church in, in which there was a summit discussion at Jerusalem of all the apostles, disciples of Christ, elders, to discuss and discern a problem. The problem was circumcision. Is circumcision a part of salvation? Now, circumcision is the Old Testament, listen, it's the Old Testament ceremonial uh, sanctification process where you separate from the world all male babies on the eighth day that were Jews had to be circumcised. That was your separation. When you get to the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and 3, Paul says, uh-uh, our circumcision is spiritual. It's of the heart. The Holy Ghost performs this operation in the heart. Can I get up? So your physical, there's no physical circumcision uh, aligned with salvation. And this problem came up because if you look at first, and I, I, want, I want you to see this, in the first five verses, we see the dispute. Acts 15, verse 5. Now look at verse 4. Because it tells you, and when they were come to Jerusalem, they, they were received of the church and of the apostles, elders, all declared things that God had done with them. But there, verse 5, there rose up a certain sect of the Pharisees, which believed, saying that it was needful to be circumcised, amen, to keep the law of Moses. Now, contextually, uh, the New Testament is not about law, it's about grace. Leaving those things that are behind, can I get a witness? And a bunch of confusion came into play because uh, there was confusion in the church. So they said, we better hold a meeting. And in verse 11, there's a doctrinal discernment. Verse 12, Barnabas and Paul gets up and talk. And then, amen, in verse 13, James is the pastor of the church He's the half-brother of Jesus. He's the pastor of the church of Jerusalem. And James makes the final conclusion and says, I agree with Paul and Barnabas. Circumcision is not needed or added to salvation. So James wraps it up. So you say, well, what, 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 what is all this about? Well, the voice of triumph in council is a collective voice. I got eyes on this stuff. I got eyes on this stuff because you can be treacherous disguised in religion. Religious people are some of the most devastating people living. They kill their wounded. If a brother be overtaking a fault, you that are spiritual. He's talking about the whole church. Can I get a, he got a nerve to forget from whence you came. 
you got a nerve to forget all the times you were slipping and sliding, peeping and hiding. They, they caught a woman in the act of adultery in John chapter 8, and they said, Moses said, we ought to stone him talking to Jesus. What do you say? Jesus was just writing on the ground, let him that is without sin. And in the Greek, it's specificity, let him that is without this sin cast the first stone. Y'all ain't getting this. How you going to stone me for fornication when your middle initial is F? When you done had everything from East Coast to West Coast, how you going to rear up on a Sunday morning talking about what you ought to do with a fornication? No, no, no. Legalistic thinking says that I'm more concerned. Listen, I'm more concerned about the principle than the person. And we got a bunch of legalists in church. Can I get a witness? Lest you also fall. Oh, no. There is a voice of triumph counsel. I had to go to counseling for marriage. I had to go to counseling for ministry. I had to go to counseling for myself. And it wasn't until I got in counseling, I found out how messed up I was. Because it's revealing. And sometimes when you walk out of a counseling session, you're angry. Because they resurrect all that stuff up. Good. Like castor oil. Amen. Hmm. And I'm transparent. But when I got in counseling, I said, well, what do you, uh, uh, what do you think about um, your part in, in, in the marriage? I said, ain't nothing wrong with me. <laughs> I said, ain't anything wrong with me, Doc. I ain't, I ain't going there. I ain't taking that. Doesn't that sound just like us? Adam said, the woman you gave me made me do it. Can't we agree with Adam? I got a lovely wife with the gift of wisdom. God bless her. Amen. But the fact of the matter is, we can't see ourselves until objectivity comes in from the outside in. Are y'all getting this? See, you keep padding this low. Hey, ain't nothing wrong with me. I'm fine. I, you know, I'm a nice person. I get along with everybody. Well, no, that's your assessment. Praise the name of Jesus. What counselors do, they, they and, and listen, they go to school and get these doctor degrees to ask one question. And how does that make you feel? <laughs> I love that boy. I love it. I love him. But, 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 but the fact of the matter is, there, there's a voice of triumphant counseling. And then secondly, the, there's the venom of a turning counsel. Go back to Numbers 13. Come on now. Numbers 13, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Come on, Numbers 13. Go back. Come on now. Come on. We, we have word-bound church. Praise Jesus. Numbers. I know y'all know about numbers. <laughs> Have y'all got dream books at home? I know, I know you know about numbers. Just go back to numbers. It's talking about the consensus. Lord, have mercy. In Numbers 13, there's a reconnaissance sent out. And let me, let me, let me try to deal with this. God 
never told them to send spies out. You don't know this unless you study the Bible and compare scripture with scripture. In Deuteronomy 1, 21 and 22, don't turn, write it down. God never told them to go out. God said, I've given you the land. Go in and occupy. I'm, I'm giving you the land. I'm going to deal with all your enemies. I'm going to deal with the inhabitants. I'm going to deal with the walls. Just go. But they asked God in Deuteronomy 1, can you allow us to send spies in the land? God, you, you, you know why God didn't want them to do it? Because God knew the minute they got came to the brink of the land and saw what they had no control over. They, they saw, listen, 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 listen to me. Sometimes exposure can hurt you. You start to see your inability instead of his ability. And fear comes on. Well, what if? Do I have a witness? What if? What if? So as they were going into the land, 12 men into the land, they were spies. They said, oh man, this is a land flowing with milk and honey. It's fertile. The, the, the clusters of grapes are large. It's a great land. But 10 of them said, but! It's the but that'll kill you. We see the walls. We see the giants in the land. And we, oh, Jesus, perception. And after we saw all these things, we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. When you and I see what God doesn't want us to see, it affects our self-perception. Well, I'm preaching up in this place. See, that's the problem in church. Folk are coming in the church as uh, uh, psychological midgets, and what they're trying to do is build themselves up to feel good about themselves. Oh, I'm preaching. I'm preaching this thing, man. Your emotions and my emotions, your intellect, my intellect, your psychological view of yourself was already damaged. Now you want to use the ministry to build up what you don't feel good about. Oh, I'm preaching up in this place. So if the ministry is not doing good, you're not doing good. I'm preaching. If your class starts to fall off, it affects your psyche. Can I get a witness? Instead of you standing saying, you know what? I am who I am by the grace of God. Can I get a witness? I'm nothing, but Jesus is everything. I can do nothing without him, but he's got all power in his hands. Can I get a witness? I'm blood washed, blood bought, born again. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a holy nation. I'm a peculiar people. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Instead of you praising God for who he is. You keep trying to tap into damaged goods. We waste our whole life trying to build up that which is broken. Trying to resurrect that which is dead. Here's what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to say, you know what? I'm nothing and you're everything. I can do nothing without you. Can I get a witness? 
I can't think right without you. I can't walk right without you. I can't live right without you. I can't pray right without you. I can't. Come on now. Somebody ought to say, man, I could do nothing without you. I'm fractured. I'm a failure. And I'm fruitless. But God. But God. Who's able to take you up and turn you around and plant your feet on a solid ground and you'll learn, you'll learn quick that if God doesn't do it, it won't get done. God didn't ask for your vision. God didn't ask for your plan. God told you to follow him. You better go back and go home and read Matthew 16 about Peter. Jesus trots down the disciples to, yeah, uh-huh, Caesarea Philippi in the evening. Come on, guys, we're going to take a walk. Where were we going? Caesarea Philippi is where all these statues to different gods was. Jesus gets in the middle and says, who do men say that I am? Some say you're Elijah, some say you're Jeremiah, some say you're... But who do you? See, that's all that matters. Doesn't matter what Farrakhan says. Doesn't, doesn't matter what Buddha or Hindu says. Who do you say that I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, Peter, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my father who's in heaven. And Peter, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. You know what the keys are? The keys are the gospel. And whatever you, Lord, have mercy, bound on earth has already been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth has already been loosed in heaven. And the next moment, the very next moment, Jesus says, I, I come to tell you guys something. Don't let your hearts be troubled, but I'm going to die. Peter said, you ain't dying. I'm not going to allow it. And Jesus looked at Peter and said, Satan, get behind me. Look, look, look what he says. You don't favor the things of God. One moment he compliments him. The next moment he condemns him. Are y'all getting this? See, child of God, child of God, child of God, this venom. So they go in the land, they come back, only Joshua and Caleb came with a good report. And, 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 and here, and listen, listen, and you got to understand this. See, a little leaven liveneth the whole lump. Let me stop, pause, and pause because I want everybody to hear this. Pastor's hard. Yeah, I'm hard. I'm military. Yeah, I'm loving, but I'm firm. Ain't nobody running over me. You forget that. That ain't happening. I'm loving, but I'm firm. And if you work here and get a paycheck, make sure you tell somebody that. Well, I passed the heart. Well, uh, excuse me, are you getting paid? Yeah, well, <laughs> voice your choice. <laughs> I, I grew up in a, in a home that was accountable. I was in the military seven years, was accountable. And in 29 years of this ministry, we, we got accountability here. So what does that mean? It means I'm paying you to do a job. And when the job ain't done, a river dirt you. you yeah, no, I'm dead serious. And you, you know why? Because the mission of Jesus Christ is more important than your feelings. You getting that? It's more important than your feelings. 
Paul, Paul told Barnabas, one of his closest friends, he said, we ain't taking your cousin John Mark. John Mark is trifling. He's a young man. He ain't, he ain't tuned in. And, them two, the, and the contention was so sharp between Barnabas and, and Paul that they came apart and never came back together again in the Bible. Now, I know they in heaven. They, they, they had to make up in heaven. And then on Paul's deathbed, he said, bring John Mark. I think he is matured. I can use him. Are y'all getting this picture? We're not here. I don't manage through relationships. I, that's the worst kind of management you can get. I keep, I keep space between me and the elders. I keep space between me and the ministers, me and the deacons. Why? Because I don't want lines to get blurred. When I start speaking as pastor, this is what I want. I don't need lines blurred. Well, we got, you know, because I learned my lesson in 19. I was 19 years old overseas. Vietnam was going on. I was overseas. We went downtown. We partied all night. My, soup, my immediate supervisor was like 45. I was 19. We partied all night, drinking, dancing, gambling, everything. We come back to the base Monday morning. He said, I'm writing you up. I said, you want what? He said, I'm burning you. You didn't do what I asked you to do. I said, man, we just partied together. He said, you better grow up. <laughs> he said, that was in the party. This is on the job. Y'all right. right. ain't getting this. Okay. I don't mix the two. We are at war against Satan. We are fighting an invisible enemy who can influence people against the movement of Christ. Can I get a witness? We are fighting a culture that's anti-Christ. Listen, economically, religiously, politically. Why do Christians expect society to agree with them when they're trying to live out the Bible? The Bible is a poison to people that are not saved. So Joshua is the understudy of Moses. Joshua's sitting watching all this. Hmm, this is interesting. Twelve spies go out, ten come back with a bad report, and they came back to the congregation. And the Greek word that's used, and it's used in 1 Corinthians 10, there was a catastrophe in the congregation. Everybody lost faith and become fearful because of the ten spies. So God says, ain't none of y'all going to promised land. I'm going to let all y'all die off. I'm going to let your children go in. Only Je Joshua and Caleb, who's faithful, is going. Because they kept saying, we can do this through Jesus. I mean, through, you know, through God, through Yahweh, we can do this. So now, listen to this. Years later, when Moses is dead, Joshua takes over. God tells Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now take all these people. You're getting ready to go into the promised land. Pass over this Jordan. The Jordan River is swelling. And, 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 and make sure you put uh, seven stones down in the river as a reminder of where you came from. Landmarks. Do I have a witness? Joshua got into the promised land and said, look, I'm sending out two spies, not ten. Not 12, I'm sending two, and they coming back to me. They ain't coming back to the congregation. I don't need the whole con congregation being topsy-turvy because they're getting bad counsel. You know, we get in the church meeting, it's a business meeting. Well, Pastor, I got a question. Yes, darling. 
Well, I want to know about the money. Do you tithe? Well, well, nothing. Sit your backside down. If you ain't giving no money up in there, you can forget that. You robbing God. I'm going to give you an accountability for money. It ain't happening up in here. And this is a business meeting. It's not a meeting to air your griefs. You want to see me? Make an appointment, come to my study. We don't, we don't use a business meeting for people to start throwing stones. Are y'all getting me? I know, I know, I know, I know. All right, here we go. Check it out. Just wait till you get to your church. Praise the Lord. There, there, there's, a, there's a venom of a turning counsel. When you got bad counsel coming in, it's always going to be perceived as venom, venomous. Venomous. We're running a multi-million dollar corporation here. 16 acres, 12,000 people, and, and a whole, you have no idea the work and decisions we have to make. You, have no, you, have, you, you, don't, you don't have the intel. Every Monday morning, we got to pull up calls, people who are trying to kill themselves, dying, uh, angry, uh, uh, hopeless. Well, you, you, know, you, you, you don't have any idea. It's tremendous. Where much is given, much is required. So the fact of the matter is, is that uh, this venomous counsel can affect others, and it always will affect others. When you, when you keep listening to people that do not have a relationship with the Savior, and everything is impulsive, their feelings, their history, their hurts, you, you, you got something in your hands. You got something in your hands every time. But third, the vice of a troubled council, turn to Numbers 12, that's only one page back. See, that's easy. And, and here we see the camouflaging of internal conflict. Miriam, Moses' older sister, the one who put him in a basket and put him in the Nile as a baby. The one who led Israel, Exodus 15, and praised the one, amen. Her counsel is tainted. Now listen to me. This past week, I had to go on a trip. About 10 of us from around the country. I'm talking about super sharp administrators. Super sharp. We're sitting there in discussions. And we are the lead team before we bring 60,000 people in, 10 to 15,000 youth. Um, so this, this young lady I've been knowing for years, probably 15 years, very elegant, godly woman, great, great, beautiful woman. Um, we got into a discussion about us protecting anybody that works with kids or teenagers, we want to make sure they have background checks. That was the essence of the conversation. Oh, yeah, that's great. It's great. And, you know, later on, I said, well, background checks don't always, aren't always completely safe-proof because if somebody can get caught, you do a background check, you're not going to find anything. We just have to have eyes. Well, man, she went ballistic. No. And her and I have always, she went ballistic. And she saw that when I looked at her, I said, 
Oh, there's some history here about it. After the meeting, she walked up to me. She said, Dr. Gordon, she said, I love you. You are such a great person. She said, I was molested and raped by church folk. And my father was the pastor. And I never told my dad. I never reported it. And until I got counseling, I was all messed up. And she said, my first marriage, I used to wake up fighting my husband, not knowing why. And told him, don't you touch me. And tears mounted here. And I said, we all got baggage. But here's what I, see, her counsel was tainted because there was baggage and background. Are y'all getting this? And we all have it. We all have it. Every last one of us, we have it. I told you, two years old, I, 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 had, a, I had a kidney infection, and, and my mother had me in a children's hospital in Philadelphia, 18th and Bainbridge. This is back in the 50s. And, and, and listen, I'm telling you, uh, I remember telling my mother, you're not going to live the night out. There was no transplants, no medicine. And this old evangelist came up to the hospital dressed in white. And she, she asked the doctors, have you done everything you can do? They said, yes, out of our hands. She said, good. She put a sheet and they just prayed all night. And I'm here. I'm here. By, by, by the grace of Jesus Christ, I'm here. Now listen, but snatching me away from my parents at two years of age, which are formative years, for a child was beyond reality. They came into the hospital every day and see me. I, I would scream when they got back on the elevator. Mommy, don't leave me, don't leave me. They still there. I had excruciation going through me. It, it, it developed, according to counselors, into abandonment issues, rejection issues. And see, my rejection issue is not that if you leave, I'm going to cry. Is I might leave you first if you get on my nerves. You understand what I'm trying to say? I ain't fooling with all this pain. This is pain. I'm tired of pain. <laughs> I want no more pain in my life. So I had to work. Plus, I was fondled at a young age. A babysitter fondled me, and it heightened my sexuality. That's what sent me in the streets with all that fornication and pornography. You know why I'm telling you all this? Because all of us got major baggage. And, and, and maybe nothing happened to you per se, but because we belong to the human race, because we have Adamic natures, we've been crushed and hurt by sin and its exposures. And that's why we got to be careful when we give another's counsel, because our counsel could be tainted. You know, people that struggle with me, even this pastor, maybe your father was not a good authority figure. Yeah, you get quiet. Maybe your mothers were not a good authority figure. Maybe, maybe your last husband was terrible. So, you know, you come riding up in here and you say, oh, he's a strong personality. He reminds, don't go there. I didn't marry you. I, I am not the person that hurt you. I am who I am. By the grace of God. And when we give counsel, we got to make sure it's not tainted by something in our past. 
Here's Miriam. Hmm. I have members here who came and told me their last pastor devastated them. Now let's, let's look at this objectively. If you're not healed from that last relationship, sooner or later, you, you, you might sit here a couple of years, all right, but sooner or later, your mind going to start working overtime. If I get remarried, and my first marriage was a devastation, and I did not get counseling, Bruce, and work through therapy to change what's on the inside, I'm only taking that stuff right into the second marriage. Do, do y'all understand what Pastor's trying to say? Different person, same situation. My God today. See, that's why we need Dr. Jesus. We need Jesus because Jesus is going to bring healing. Jesus is going to bring the right therapy. Jesus is going to bring the right counseling. Jesus is going to lift us up. Jesus is going to separate. Jesus is going to come in with the medicine of the Word of God and bring healing to our minds and our hearts and our wills. I've seen some stuff. Some of it is funny. I came home on leave, probably 70, 71. I came home on leave. I had a 30-day furlough. So I went around the corner of South Philly, this girl's house. I went to high school with named Barbara. Nice little lady. She said, come on in. I had my, I had my uniform. Come on in. And we're sitting on the couch. She, she, her brother and sister was there. So she turned the TV on, you know. I don't know why I did this. It wasn't no remote. Uh, but, but, but listen, uh, she, you know, we're sitting there watching TV. And her stepdad come in. He a prison guard. And he came in the house, she said, she said, Daddy, I want you to meet Raymond. He came in the house, and he looked at me, rolled his eyes, went right to the TV and said, I pay the bills right here. Big, 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 big. Now move. I said, I'm out of here, Doc. <laughs> this, this, this is a little excessive, you know what I mean? Praise Jesus. <laughs> Boy, you talking about some issues. Good night, honoring. Jesus. Maybe that's why my kids won't bring no kids, no, nobody around, huh? <laughs> uh, look at this. Ah, oh, Lord. <sighs> look what Miriam says, real quick. And Miriam and Aaron, his sister and brother, spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman. Now let's stop. Moses decided he going to marry his sister. And, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, Miriam said, ah, no, we got a problem with that. Uh, in the name of Jesus. This is not the Kardashians. You know, this is uh, a, a, whom he married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. And they said, hath the Lord, now listen to this, hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses. So now they're challenging his authority. And the Bible says he was very meek above all men and put his face to the earth. God called a tent meeting and struck her with leprosy. 
what, 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 is, what, is, what, is, what is it we're trying to say here? The fact that um, the vice of a troubled counsel, this mishap, is that sometimes our experiences have tainted us from giving people good counsel. See, you can't counsel me about marriage unless you struggled in marriage. I, those of you that got perfect marriage, I don't want to hear from you. I want to hear somebody, you know what? Uh, marriage is up and down. There should be respect. There should be this. But it's, it's tough. It's work. We don't always agree. Though you got to work through situation. That's the person I want to talk to. Because they're giving you a realistic view of life. Do I have a witness? And I learned something about this generation right here. Listen to me. This generation right here, the reason a lot of them don't want to get married because they ain't going to stay married. The minute I detect that something ain't right, I'm out of here, doc. I've talked to them. Pastor, ain't no you need me going there because I will walk in a heartbeat. To death do us what? <laughs> that, that, that whole line of commitment is not there. You know why? Because the culture they keep listening to, the social media they keep going into, it, it, listen, it expresses, amen, it expresses to them, amen, that there is no longevity when you're not happy. That's what we're dealing with. I was, I was, I was going up uh, Sickleville Road last week. I was going on my way to Voorhees. And Gary Tunster called me on my cell, and my, my Bluetooth, something happened, stopped working. I picked my phone up. I said, hello. And as I said, hello, this cop come out behind me. Seen his lights flashing. He pulled me over. He said, uh, you know you're on the phone while you're driving. I pulled down the window. I said, sir, you're absolutely right. I said, I blew that one. You're absolutely right. I'm wrong. No excuse. He took my license, ready. He, he came back, he, he gave me my, he said, try not to get on the phone. He was very kind and nice. I said, thank you, sir. Then my phone, as soon as he gave me my license, my phone rang in with Sister Gord. I said, nah, I ain't coming. I am not answering that phone. I am not going to get a ticket. I'll call her later. I ain't fooling with this, but fact, fact, fact of the matter is, <laughs> fact, fact, fact of the matter is, is that when we um, look at this matter of counsel, 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 we need counsel in our lives. And the people ought to be saved and yielded to God. Don't fool around with your friends like Rehoboam, which was read in your hearing. Or what you think, Doc? <laughs> Don't fool around with that. You better get somebody that has lived through life to a degree of experience. Can I get a witness? Like the older women teaching the young women how to manage their home. I ain't get one amen on that. That's in Titus. And how to bless their husbands. Amen. How to bless their husbands. Like Sarah, who called Abraham Lord. Sister G called me Lord. Lord. Call me a whole bunch of other things. Call me Lord. Look at the final point. The vision of a transformed council. James chapter 3. Now turn to James chapter 3 as we close. I want you to see this, verses 13 to 18. 
this is this is awesome 13 to 18 so anytime you got to make a decision any directional device any dilemma any sense of defeat you ought to seek out godly what counsel and if you need counseling and by, by the way only strong people go to counseling weak people don't go to counseling only those that want the truth you can't handle the truth praise God all right here we go look what he says in verse 13 I'm, I'm almost saying let let no uh, uh, I'm sorry chapter 3 verse 13 are you with me come on now who is a wise man Sophia and endure with knowledge among you let him show out of a good conversation his work with me but here we go now what James does is differentiate the two types of wisdom he says but the wisdom uh, but I'm sorry but if you have bitter the word bitter means polluted waters if you have a background of polluted waters if you're envying that means you got problems with people if you have a political party spirit called strife where you always causing divisions you're a troublemaker in your heart glory not lie not against the truth this wisdom descendeth not from above but is earthly sensual and what devilish if you're this kind of person you're representing the devil but the wisdom that is from above verse 17 is first pure it's pure because it's straight out of the word it's peaceable it's gentle it's easy to be entreated. It's full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality and without being an actor. Hypocrisy. One, one of the things I love about this text is that James says, pure, peaceable, and pleasant, easy to be entreated. It's a healing. It's a helping. It's a hope. And that's why we are told to be steadfast in the Lord and be strong in the Lord and be still in the Lord and know that he is God as I close let me define just some of these things that James is talking about meekness is gentleness why can't we be gentle with you with, with each other we ought to compliment more than we criticize can I get a witness especially you married people yeah Give more compliments than you do criticism. Nobody really wants to hear that. I don't want you tearing me down all the time. Bitter is huh, polluted waters. When combined with envy is harsh, resentful. An attitude towards others. Strife is self-seeking, a party spirit. And, and, and man's wisdom is, amen, frail, unsatisfied, unredeemed, satanically motivated. One of the things that we close on is that when you look at Isaiah 53, don't turn, it says, look at one of the titles for Jesus, the coming Christ. He's wonderful. He's marvelous. He's the Prince of Peace. He's Counselor. 
He's counselor. He's counselor. He counsels, he counsels with a corrective medicine to help us think right. Are y'all getting this? So when we look at this thing called counsel, 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 if you need counseling, go get it. If you give counsel, pray about it. If you get counsel, give it to Jesus. Because sometimes misery loves company. If I were you, I wouldn't take all that for my husband. Uh-huh. Well, your husband left 15 years ago. I ain't fooling with you. you, you know. Who's counseling you? Who's giving you advice? Who do you listen to when you don't know what to do? And it ought to be Jesus. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden in sin, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke, learn of me. Didn't he say that? We need counseling today. This generation needs counseling. The world needs counseling. The church needs counseling. We need to know that somebody cares for me. And his name is Jesus. Somebody saved me. Somebody can heal me. Somebody can help me. Somebody can lift me up. And his name is Jesus. There's no other name that can bring healing to my soul. There's no other name that can make me whole. There's only one name, one medicine that can lift me up. Can he lift you up? I've been down in the doldrums. I felt like quitting. I felt like getting out. I felt like throwing my hands up. But in the nick of time, at the right time, Jesus came beside me. And he said, let not your hearts be troubled. Can I get a witness? Won't he do it, saints? Won't he lift you up? Won't he speak to your heart? Won't he get in your bosom? Won't he get in your mind? Won't he change your walk? Won't he change your talk? Say it. He's worthy. Worthy. Worthy to be praised. Lord, I stretch my hands to thee. No other help. I know if thou withdraw thyself from me, whither shall I go? Can I get a witness? Every time I go broken before Jesus, he heals me with the medicine. It's called a bomb in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. He's the rose of Sharon. He's the lily of the valley. He's the bright and morning star. Can I get a witness? And every time I walk away from Jesus, I feel healing. I feel help. I feel good. Say yeah. He's worthy. 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 To be praised. Let's stay on our feet.
Bless his name. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you're here today and you need to be saved, Jesus Christ, Son of the living God and God the Son, wants to save you. He died for all your sins on Calvary's cross. He shed his blood to cover all your sins. You can be saved today by just acknowledging that you need him to come in and save you. If you want to be saved, just raise your hand. Just put your hand in and say, Pastor, I want to get I see your hands. Put your hand in and say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to go to glory. I want to go to heaven when I die. I don't want to go to hell. Just put your hand there. And then if you want to join this church, raise your hand. Just raise your hand if you want to join this church. If your hands are raised, come on down front. Church, say amen. Come on down front. Come on. Come on. Praise his name. Praise his name. Praise his name. If your hand was raised, come on down front. We want to receive you. Either to be saved or to join a church. Is there another? Praise Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. Listen to this. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pains we bear. All because... We do not carry everything to God in prayer. Is there one? Let's look to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the healing that's going to take place in our lives. Thank you for this word that talks about the importance of godly counsel. Help us not to make every decision on our own. Help us, oh God, not to ask people who are on their way to hell for help. But help us to look to the hills from whence cometh our help. And our help comes from the Lord. Lord, we need counseling this morning. Send your counsel, Lord. It'll be pure. It'll be peaceable. It'll be full of mercy. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, we all need counseling. Now, what is it you need? Don't answer. God bless you. You are dismissed. Love you.